So David, uh, big news on the telehealth front. I know this is something you've mentioned a couple of times. Uh, what, what, what happened recently? Well, Todd, you know, I feel like telehealth is really kind of a critical part of our response to this, this crisis. And I think it's really probably not it's probably not going backwards after this. There's a lot of things that happened. So we had a, a lot of success getting um, the government to go ahead and allow much more to be done by telehealth. But there was a little, there was a kink, and it was going to be really problematic, particularly for smaller practices. And that was that they were allowing you to do things by telehealth. And if you had somebody who didn't, let's say, have the equipment for telehealth, in other words, the audio and the video at the same time, they were going to allow you to use the telephone, and that was great during this period. However, what people didn't know, and were, they were quickly finding out, was that it was going to be reduced at about a quarter of the rate of telehealth. So the range was like $18 to $41 for a telephone conversation versus something that's much more along the lines of an E&M code level four about, um, reimbursement, which I remember is, you know, that's pretty much what a lot of them bill uh, we've seen is the ENM4. Um, and so this was a real significant uh, move because we we really got behind it with a couple of the coalitions that we're in that I think we might even be talking about today, those coalitions. Um, and ASN really was pushing for it, you know, both jointly and individually. And I think everyone in internal medicine was really delighted to see this move. Well, that's great news. Um, you mentioned internal medicine, and, and the American College of Physicians uh, convenes a coalition called the Council of Specialty Societies, and ASN is a member. Um, the Renal Physicians Association is the other uh, nephrology organization that's a CSS member, and then it includes the different sort of specialty societies across internal medicine. Um, I know they met recently as well. Kind of what were some of the highlights? Well, the highlights that they wanted to convey, first and foremost, it was very interesting. But there was attention to COVID-19, no doubt about it. But at the same time, there was a really distinct uh, effort being made, you could tell, to really highlight some of the other important work that those members, including ASN of that council, have been working on and that they did not want to get lost um, in, in, the, in these things. So. Um, they, the council has worked on for the last year kind of a, a vision for American healthcare, and it has a lot of, you know, kind of the issues of guardrails in it uh, and the kind of the policy objectives that you want to see happening, things that would, are designed for just better patient care, less uh, administrative burden on clinicians, and a whole bunch of other factors. So all things are very good. They were making it very clear that these were still on the table, that these are things that are still being worked on, and that they were really very, very much uh, committed to, to moving forward with them. Another one that they were really committed in that in that conversation about was the work that they have been doing on diversity and inclusion, making sure that we are following policies that really help us increase diversity and increase inclusion, and really ensuring that medicine is practiced in such a way that everyone who comes into it uh, has the access to, uh, to serve their patients at the highest level of their abilities. One of the issues that clearly COVID-19 has, has highlighted is the, the combination of, of health disparities and social determinants of health. So within this context of both 
ACP's priorities related to what the healthcare system should look like, as well as, I would argue, the entire community's commitment to diversity and inclusion, how do we then start to address all of the challenges around social determinants of health, health disparities, I mean, which are obviously disproportionately um, noticeable or, or affected in, in the kidney community? For the council meeting, there was a lot of review of what had been done in the last couple of months. Um, and, and, and everyone has been so busy trying to get so many things accomplished during this crisis. But that conversation, uh, was, was full and alive in the, in, I was going to say in the room, but of course this was a virtual conference these days. Um, but it was, it was very much there, very present. And I mean, we've seen the news reports and everybody there was having that same conversation. The news reports are such that, um, there are some real disparity issues and equity issues here. Um, for people uh, social, affected by social determinants of health in the, in the COVID-19 crisis. And that really anything that's going to be successful going forward is going to have to address those. Um, and, and it should have always been the case. Um, however, and in this particular situation, if you're not having full access, if you're not having some, if you're not making some effort to address those disparities, then you're probably letting a population section continue to get infected over and over again and continue to share. So, and that's not, that's not a, a dispersion on any particular group. It's just a reality that if you're going to address an infectious disease um, and you, your count, one of your counterparts, Dr. Darlene Moyer, who is an infectious disease specialist and heads ACP, um, she was very clear about that, that, you know, this is, this is one of those times where this is not just about lofty goals. This is part of the, absolute necessity of being successful in, in addressing the in addressing pandemic. So it was interesting because the other big sort of coalition meeting that you and I both participated in was the Council of Medical Specialty Societies. And we, we've talked before about CMSS, but it's it's broader than internal medicine in the sense that there's there's one organization per specialty. So ASN for nephrology, the American College of Physicians for sort of internal medicine, the Society of Hospital Medicine for, for hospitalists. And they had their spring meeting um, virtually. And the keynote speaker was Ashish Jha, who's a, a hospitalist, but is also um, currently the KT Lee Professor of Global Health um, in the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health. He's also the director of their um, Global Health Institute, but he's in the, in the near future. He'll be the the dean of Brown University's um, School of Public Health. And it was interesting because um, before he got started, I was able to talk with him briefly, and, and he mentioned that he was supposed to be on sabbatical. So the plan was that he accepted the position at Brown, he was going to be on sabbatical, and then he was going to transition. But of course, the sabbatical now has been um, you know, focused on a lot of the responses around COVID-19. And, and he made several of the points you're making in terms of um, you know, this issue of this has really stressed our healthcare system, the parts of the country with the strongest sort of public health infrastructures like Seattle um, have responded really well to, to the crisis, um, but also that, that this is sort of the new normal that as we're thinking about healthcare in the United States, we're probably going to have to take a, a step back and think about some of these broader issues. Um, so those are some of my takeaways from from his opening presentation. I'm clear, curious just to sort of what what you heard from him that you thought was interesting. I, I thought he was. I thought this whole conversation was just really good. 
Um, and I was, I, I couldn't stop listening to it. I wanted to, I actually wanted to listen to it again, but it's not out just yet, but it will be. And we, we can share that link for, for our listeners uh, to be able to hear his talk. But the truth of the matter is he bore down on a reality, which is that, you know, we will have to move forward. We will have to deal with a lot of issues, but, um, and you and I were talking before we started t- taping this about a response that Angela Merkel in, in Germany has made. Um, because what he's saying is, look, if we get to the fall of 2020 and we have to shut the entire country down, then that's kind of an indication that we may not have learned our lessons. We may not have prepared ourselves enough from what we know already. Um, and I, I, maybe that's the way I heard it. Uh, did you hear it that way? I did. And I, you know, your point about um, Chancellor Merkel is really well taken because I think her approach to reopening Germany is interesting in the sense of, you know, which I haven't heard yet in the United States, although I think it's coming, which is if these things happen, if we hit these sort of metrics, then we'll have to go back to, um, if you will, shutting down the, the country. And, and so let's do everything we can to avoid you know, certain metrics. And I, I think that's something we can understand. You know, obviously there's some challenges in terms of, you know, the, the relationship between local government and state government and the federal government. But I, I do think that's something we could navigate. Um, you know, I think yeah. the other thing I heard him say was, um, and I've, I've heard more about this just, just around kind of um, sporting events and, and big events. And, 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 you know, what does that look like over the next three, six, nine, 12, 18 months, I think is another interesting um, issue that we're going to have to grapple with as a society. But interestingly enough, he actually advocated for us to look at a way to let children go to summer camps this year. The other big issue at CMSS was a discussion um, related to policy issues. And you helped facilitate that discussion with your counterparts from surgery, family medicine, and, and ACP again. Um, I'm curious as to what you thought were the big takeaways from that conversation. Well, the big takeaways were, first and foremost, um, how will some of the smaller practices survive and financially survive? Um, And there is a basic part of this situation that does draw that into question. Um, And also, will it accelerate the rate at which these smaller practices are, are bought out, picked up, or close or any kind of fashion of that. So that was something that I think everybody in policy has been worried about because, and that's part of why we have seen the efforts being made um, in those appropriations packages from, from Congress to give more money to hospitals and to other programs uh, as well. So, and there was, and actually they, they delayed one of the sequestration cuts that will help hospitals and um, physicians as well. But, they really did have a, a lot of concern about that. Um, and then we also had the the issue of, like we just started with, with telehealth. Um, they Everyone wants to capture what has done in telehealth and make it um, really useful as we go forward in terms of what we ask to be kept, uh, things that have been aligned, as opposed to just letting everything go back to exactly what it was. And several participants wanted to make sure that the telehealth conversation included pieces of it that deal with disparities and in, and in unequal access. Um, so there was some real concern about that because they, once again, they were looking at a situation where like there are a lot of people who could get left behind 
um, in this situation. So that was another issue with telehealth and doing it right um, and getting it as, as attuned to everyone's resources as they could be. I think the interesting part, the, uh, the second half of the session, really became about how we engage as medical societies with each other and for a broader conversation about where we want to see healthcare delivery um, moving forward. And part of that had been you know, really set in tone by the conversation we were just having about the morning plenary speaker. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is everyone realizes, as he was saying, you know, we're not going back to January 2020. Um, we're just, we're not going to be able to do that and it wouldn't make sense. So as we come together to make recommendations to groups like Medicare and Medicaid and then to other, to insurers and so forth and how things are structured, that we need to really be able to um, kind of talk together in a way that sometimes gets a little bit um, difficult because everyone has their own turf and not everyone wants uh, other groups in their turf. And we talked about this. Um, my point was, uh, but what I said was that the, that was great, but the medical societies that represent clinicians, and you know, and this includes must include nurses. Uh, all these conversations must include nurses, and that was the one thing we didn't have on our panel, and I thought we should have, and, and we should do so in the future. Um, so it's got to include the nurses. And the other thing that I said was, if we come into the virtual room to have this conversation, everybody needs to check your weapons at the door. Um, in other words, leave, you know, this is not the time for us all to be really territorial. Um, we all need to look out for, you know, each discipline of medicine and, and make sure we're, we're taking care of uh, our members and so forth. But there needs to be some spirit of community and coming together uh, to kind of figure out where we want to make recommendations for healthcare. You know, it's interesting. Um, this May is, is National Nurses Month. And the way it's organized is there are sort of four themes. So, you know, May 1st to 9th is focused on self-care. May 10th to 16th is, is focused on recognition. May 17th to 23rd is focused on professional development. And May the May 24th to 31st is on community engagement. And, and I think one of the um, certainly outcomes of both the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as a lot of the activities that we've been describing over the last weeks in these conversations is around the entire kidney care team, and, and in this case, particularly the, the contribution of nurses. So just um, you know, perhaps to close on a, a celebration of National Nurses Month. That sounds like an excellent idea, Todd. We've got a lot of challenges uh, that we're facing as we move forward. And every last one of them have nurses at the core uh, of the solution. Well, David, as always, thank you. Uh, continue to stay safe and healthy, and I will uh, talk to you next week. Thank you, Todd. Same, same for you and for our listeners. Be safe. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology. All rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor 
or other qualified healthcare provider. If you have any questions about any medical condition, or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment, thank you for listening to this podcast from the American Society of Nephrology.